The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, it is going down. I'm, I'm actually very excited about this show. I do get excited about a lot of shows, but this one I have been waiting for tonight. Why? Why have I been waiting so long? Because I was in Florida. We were doing a speaking engagement with our friends over at Coastline uh, Church in Florida. Um, I'll, have to, I'll get the city in a minute. But basically, we were out there uh, doing an outreach event. I was teaching the, uh, the John the Baptist story, and then we were at some of the Hoosover Ambassadors. And at the end of the event, I got to meet this uh, girl, lady, young lady, should I say, uh, out in the lobby and got to hear a little bit about her story. And um, I just said, man, one day I want to get her on the show in God's timing. And it took, I don't know, maybe about a year for for this date to happen, which is awesome because I know that God, you know, when when he takes time to set up interviews, he's still working in someone's life and, and getting them prepared for that moment. So everything has aligned with God for this moment. I have my guest, Britt Pryor. She's a public speaker, qualified national marketer, direct owner of a faith-based wellness co, and a former New Age witch, an, act, uh, an anorexic uh, survivor, anorexia survivor. So I want to thank you for being on the show. Um, the reason why I wanted you on the show is because looking at culture and everything that's going on with conditioning with Harry Potter at Universal Studios, the Netflix TV shows, stuff on Amazon Prime, the movies at large, everyone is pushing this whole new age, which is all leading back to witchcraft. So your story is going to be awesome. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. I'm so excited. So excited. Like you said, it's been a year in the making, but I'm just elated to share it. And I know that God's timing is perfect, like you said, and I know that there will be so many people that this will reach that they needed to hear. So really quick, let's plug your church because I love your pastor, Jason, and Brad, your worship pastor over, what's the name of the church in the city? Coastline Community Church, Mm -hmm. and we're in Melbourne, Florida, right on the beach. Yes, yes. I do. I travel so much, and we have so many friends out there in Florida that we're constantly going to all the different beaches. So... Yes, that beach is, or that beach is awesome. And those pa- Pastor Jason and his wife and son and that whole family, we feel literally like that's like a, one of our second homes over there on, on, the, on the East Coast over there. So, and we're coming back. We're coming back. Everything is in the works. We're communicating, and it's going to happen soon. So we're excited. So, look, let's, let's get into this because uh, I want to definitely get into details and talk about um, how you even got introduced to this. I mean, did you grow up out in Florida? No, actually. Well, I was born in Jacksonville, but my dad was a Marine, so we always moved everywhere Yeah, every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually raised Lutheran. My mom worked in a Lutheran church, so I was probably into that until I was nine. Mm-hmm. I experienced um, sexual abuse as a child, mm-hmm. and... So, of course, as a child, it's like, I don't understand why God would let this happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm done. Like, I'm just blocking it all out. What, and age, what age were you? Nine years old. Nine. Got it. Nine. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, my perpetrator would come to church with us. And it's like. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. But. Yeah. All right. So I just completely read it out. Like, I would still go to church, but it was just like over my head. Like, something just immediately blocked it out. Um, right, right. You couldn't, and, you couldn't really work out what was what was going on. You're you're seeing you're hearing one thing and you're seeing this church format, but then this person that's doing this stuff is going and it's very confusing for a nine year old for this to happen. Mm-hmm. So what happened from there? So of course I just kind of blocked it out and then I would say by the age of thirteen I started to get a really rebellious attitude because um, I was just, so the perpetrator was my father. He's not in my life anymore, my biological father, but he was in my life and my parents were married till I was 18 because I didn't tell anybody it happened because I was scared to be like ripped away from my family. So that's where the anorexia kind of started to take place. At first I would like emotionally eat and then I flipped it to 
to control more. Right. I was like, oh, well, right. if I don't eat, I'm controlling something. Wow. And then in my mind, I thought the smaller and thinner I can get, the more I would look like a boy. So the less likely it would be that he would he or another man would take advantage of me. I have a question for you because um, I've, I've heard this story many times of girls that have been through sexual abuse by men that wanted to look like a guy, whether they gain a bunch of weight and, and they get bigger and they wear big baggy clothes. And now this is actually the first time that I've heard to get skinnier to look more like a boy. Where and how did this process come to your mind looking back? Cause it's kind of a crazy little thought, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, my brothers, my two older brothers, I have two older brothers and I was the youngest. Mm-hmm. They got physically abused at certain points, more the older one because he was more rebellious, but the middle one didn't. Well, they were both very thin. Like we're very tall and lanky naturally. Yep. Like our body build in our family or whatever. Yeah. So I saw them and I was like, oh, well, like they, they never got sexually abused. So right, like right. I look like that. Yep. Got then it. Then leave me alone. Yep. Wow. <laughs> So you stop, okay, so you stop, and then and then the enemy, Satan, he influences us, and because he's a liar, he just takes that thought, because you're not able to take your thought captive with Christ at this point, because you're not a Christian, so he gets that thought and just runs with it, mm-hmm. right? And then, quickly came in the whole, like, partying, drinking, and it just started out as, like, you know, kind of innocent, like, oh, I'm just going to experiment, whatever. Yeah. And then the next thing I knew, I was, like, full-blown addicted to cocaine. Like, and again, it was a way that I could control. Right. And I felt like I was still um, with it. Because, like, I didn't like when I would get, like, very drunk. I would, like, black out, didn't know where I was. Right. But if I wasn't eating mm-hmm. and I was doing cocaine, I was still in control. I was very alert and, again, suppressing my appetite. What what year is this? Or, or what, like, Are you in high school or what? I'm like the end of high school, mm-hmm. getting out of high school, because going back to 10th grade, mm-hmm. I was bullied so bad by a group of girls that I ended up, my mom pulled me from the school and brought me to a different one. Right. Because I would just like not show up for school because yeah. I didn't want to get the crap out of me. Exactly. I've heard that story as well. It's crazy mm-hmm. how ruthless people can be sometimes, you know? So mm-hmm. you're, you're, okay, so you're about to get out of high school. What, and then what happens uh, when, you, when you end up graduating from, from school? What's, like, what's going on in your head? You're, you're out, you're, you're an adult. What's next in life? Yeah. So, I mean, I was always a really hard worker. Like, I got a job waiting tables at like 16. And- mm mm-hmm. Um, just like to earn my own money and all of that, have my independence. And so I was working a lot. And then at 18 was when I got my yoga certification. Got it. So that just started by like my friend and I went to a class and I really loved it. And then we were like, let's do teacher training together. Well, the friend that I was going to do teacher training with right before we signed up committed suicide. Mm. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to do this as a way to heal and connect deeper with her. Right. So I signed up, got certified, and that kind of began the path of like um, people telling me like, oh, you have to heal yourself. Nobody nobody else is going to save you or heal you. Uh, you have to do it yourself. Is that the mentality um, in yoga? No, not in general. Oh, got it. Um, a lot of practices, yes. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like, it depends. So a lot of people think that yoga roots from Hinduism, but yoga actually predates over a thousand years um, before Hinduism came about. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like dates back to like cavemen times and stuff, which mm-hmm. is cool. But I think the problem is, is these like random religions will take the practice of yoga and tweak it into their own religion. Got it. And I was so open to anything so I was like oh I just want to learn everything see all the different perspectives and I was actually taking a college course on world religions Mm -hmm. and I was Mm -hmm. like Buddhism oh yeah I resonate with that and like so I started to identify with like the you're God I'm God thing and you know it's interesting because when you become a yoga teacher you can you kind of pick your niche right it could be to help seniors like chair yoga or it could be um, breath work, you know, to calm yourself down. Or it could be, 
I don't know, physical therapy based, you know, yeah. anatomically. So right. I was searching, I was searching for healing and answers and things like that. So when I saw the Buddhism thing, it just seemed like very accepting, like, and then I could call myself a God. Right. And it's very egotistical, but I didn't see that. Um, so when I identified with the Buddhism, I was still believing in bad and good. And then I started to explore more into like, not just meditation, but like astral projection. And what, 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 uh, what is that for, for the listeners? Okay. So basically it's kind of like, um, a meditation, you get yourself in a state, but the, um, the end goal is to ascend. So the end goal is to, at least the way I was taught, to leave your body and go to other realms and dimensions. Mm -hmm. And when I first started doing it, it would be like mm, 15, 20 minutes, right? And it's like your body felt like it was asleep, but your mind literally left. Like you're somewhere else in a whole nother realm. And the thing is, is it, it's made to seem like this is where all the answers are. So right. when you get to these deeper dimensions, you're going to find the real answers or the real God or what to really believe. And so what started out as like 15, 20 minutes ascending would end up being like three hours. And the problem is, is when you ascend into these other dimensions, one, you are leaving your body wide open to all these demonic entities, thousand percent. And that's part of the manipulation of what, happens with astral projection because if you leave your body you're not interfering with these demons coming in and doing their work like they don't want you in the way they want you out of the way right and the problem is is when you're when you get deeper and deeper into those astral realms there is something called astral rape and it is very real and they will do it in other realms to trigger people that have been previously raped or sexually abused so then what happens is when they decide to let you drop out of this ascension, because after so long, it's not a choice. Like you're so deep in there. They may let you go after three hours. They may not let you go for eight. It's terrifying. And it's like you're dropped out of this realm and you feel like you literally feel like you got dropped out from like the sky and you hit rock bottom so bad that like you're just exhausted. You can't even think you have brain fog. You're nauseous. And they're like, oh, no, it's normal. You're just cleansing. And that is the, the teacher that is teaching that will tell you that's normal. You're just cleansing. Mm -hmm. So and those are often like either shamans or gurus yep. or even just like Reiki masters. Now, I've heard because there's this guy, uh, Frank Sontag. He's a he's a he's a famous um, um radio host over here at a, a big radio station here in LA. And he was actually a new age guru teacher of this stuff. And he used to do astro traveling and the, the whole thing. So he told me his story, but I didn't really get too in depth with him on it, but he, he backs exactly what, what you're saying. But this is my question is when you're in these other realms, what, like obviously you're traveling to see if the truth is in these other realms, but what are what what does Satan use to entice you? What information does he give you to keep you looking? Because that's what that's what Frank said. He goes, you always just get like a little bit just to keep you going, but that you never find the answers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like what like what are you discovering? What would one discover in these realms that that keeps new people astral traveling and ending up in this you know interesting place, leaving their body? It's pretty scary, you know, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So like drips, like, right. It's kind of like teasing, like drips. Yeah. So, you know, there'd be times where like I would ascend and um, like somebody in that realm would tell me 4.2 Hertz. Okay. So when I get out now, all of a sudden I'm on this freaking quest of exploring 4.2 Hertz. Why did I get that message? How do I need to apply it? Got What's it. the answer? It's like, you almost have to like, it's like wanting you to fill in these gaps that aren't even really there. Got it. Got it. So that's, that's how they do it. They give you this information and because you received it outside of reality in this, in the, you know, it's actually, it's Ephesians six. It's, you know, in the, in the, in the darkness and these other dimensions where the demonic realm is, 
uh, they give you this little insight. And because you received it there, now that's what you're holding on to and you're trying to connect the dots. And all it is is lies because Satan is a liar. And that's how he hooks you. That's so interesting. It's okay. almost like every time you, you would go up, you get a puzzle piece. Yeah. And then you bring it back down and you're trying to connect it. But it's like even after like 40 puzzle pieces, not even two are connecting together. And it's like this yeah. is getting a little sketchy. That like, is so interesting. Okay. So now you're doing – so thank you for breaking down what that whole astro travel is. Now, um, is this – you got introduced to this because we'll, we'll – uh, but the guys that you were talking about, um, what the shamans and these guys, I mean, this is like witchcraft stuff. This isn't, this isn't new. I mean, I guess new age people's astro travel as well, but this is like shamans and stuff. This is like witchcraft stuff. So where'd you go from here? So from there, the astro projection was really what led me in out of, um, the Buddhism beliefs. Like, you're God, I'm God, like, whatever, yeah. bad and evil. Yeah. All of a sudden, I started to really resonate with witchcraft. And I was like, oh, you can be a good witch? Like, oh, I can help people by manipulating things. So, again, here goes the control thing. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, I can control. So, like, oh, if, if I have a crush on a guy and he doesn't like me, that's fine. I'll make him like me. Exactly. You know? And it's like, and then that further um, kind of makes you realize like that alone like I was totally seeing myself as as like my own god even though I was like I don't believe in buddhism anymore yeah and so as I got deeper and deeper deeper into the witchcraft and I was starting to meet a lot of people that were backing up what I was believing I was like okay well this clearly really is the answer so then it started to lead me into like buying crystals like oh my gosh, thousands of dollars in crystals because each crystal has a different energy property. And um, then it would lead into, I got into tarot cards and I would pull tarot cards, like not only multiple times a day, but people were paying me to pull tarot cards for them. And I like full blown thought I was predicting their future and telling them about their past life and what they're going to do in their next life and all of that. And then it got into, you know, what's interesting. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, what's interesting is that as you're saying this, I'm thinking about these little lies, even when you were astral projecting uh, these little, li- it's, it's all these little lies that keep people going. And now here you are reading people's cards and now you're giving them the little lies. It's like the same Stuff just like Satan. I keep thinking about Satan, and when he says, "I will be like the Most High God," I will ascend. He wanted to be like God, and then what does he do? He lies in the Garden of Eden to he questions God and lies to Adam and Eve. It's like it's the same thing from the very beginning. So here you are spending thousands of dollars on crystals, and then uh, you're doing the tarot cards, and then what what happens next? Oh, and I'm still just you know doing cocaine and all of that. Amongst Um, everything, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but I was like illuminating all this peace, you know, and like I don't have any issues, but really I had all these issues that I was trying to bury. And I was like, oh, I can help other people and, you know, steer them this way, the way I'm going and focus on them instead of myself. When in reality, I was just dragging them down into the dark with me. And, you know, it just started to get so often and so much that, it got to a point where I didn't even believe in good or bad anymore. Like, nope, don't believe in it. We're all the same. There's no good. There's no bad, whatever. And then it was, that was around the time when everything came to a halt. And when I was 25, my heart stopped from the anorexia. Hmm. Completely flattened. Dang. So this was a wake up call at this point in your life. Mm-hmm. What? So here you are. You're in the hospital, obviously. At this point, what's going on in your mind? Like, what? What is? I mean, is the enemy messing with your mind at this time, telling you, you know, or is God intervening? What? What is going on in your mind at this time? You know, it's actually really interesting because after my heart had stopped, like I identified and I literally said, "God saved my life." Like I'm so grateful God gave me another chance. So you prayed. You prayed while you're in the witchcraft. No, no, I didn't pray. I was just saying it out loud. Well, that's, so that I that's a prayer. Technically- 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, you didn't really I realize. I wasn't. You didn't, you didn't really realize. Like, you weren't like in prayer motion like, oh, God, mm-hmm. you were just like, God, save me, right? That's yeah. That, yeah, it was like that acknowledgement alone was like a huge, like yes. first time that had happened since I was a kid. Yes. So I was like, Oh, I'm so grateful. God gave me the second chance at life because the point I was at realistically, like I was literally under 80 pounds, five, nine, like my, I hadn't gotten a period in eight years. Like my body was just shutting down. Whoa. And yeah. Yeah. So it was like, it was even the doctor was like, I don't know how you're still here because statistically you should not be like most of the time when your organs are shutting down to that point with the anorexia, that's why anorexia is actually the number one mental health disorder that leads to death. Really? Yeah. So I really like when my heart restarted, it was so hard because while I was grateful and I was like, fully acknowledging that this was a miracle from God. At the same time, I was like, I don't even know if I want to be here. Like, and then it became a a decision of like recovering for my mom, like, because I didn't want to leave her because I knew it would literally just destroy her. So at this point, it was just, I'm fighting for my mom. I'm going to I'm going to go into recovery. And I chose an outpatient treatment literally for the sense of we couldn't afford inpatient because it wasn't covered by inpatient. I want to jump in here. Really, I want to jump in here really quick. We have uh, Brett Pryor in studio. She's a public speaker. She's a uh, qualified national marketing director and an owner of a faith-based wellness company and a former new age and witchcraft. And is a, obviously, as you're hearing, survivor for anorexia. I mean, this story is intense. Um, so, okay, so you're checking out because you don't have insurance. You're going to an outpatient program. What is the process? How did you, what was the process to find Jesus? Because now, right now, you're basically saying, God, help me, or thank you for a second life, which is interesting because you thought you are God, but now you're calling out to the true God, not even knowing it. <laughs> I love how that happens, um, and it does happen with a lot of us. So you called to God, now you're in an outpatient program, and you're trying to get well for your, for your mother. So what, what happened from there? So the outpatient program was kind of like an adult daycare, pretty yeah. much. So yeah. they are. So like, no, but truly. <laughs> and you would have like individual. Th- so you go there five days a week, and then you have individual therapy, group therapy. You have your dietitian. You have a um, fear foods list that you work on, and blah blah blah. Okay, so I was on a pretty good track. I had stopped with the drinking, the coke, all of that, um, and. I don't even know at what point, but like the whole like giving God the credit for saving my life, honestly, didn't even last like three days before I just completely rid him out. And I was just like, I'm going to get through this recovery myself and I'm going to heal myself and I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing spiritually because I feel like that's what's going to carry me through is these um, practices and these um, rituals mm-hmm. and these um, witch or like these different um, spells. And mm-hmm. even like, I mean, it would get to a point where like my whole day was just revolved around it. Like I would wake up in the morning and I would have to meditate for three hours. And then I would have to set up these stones in a certain grid and then forget about the full moon too, because then you just have to dedicate your whole day to putting out full moon water and crystals. So they charge and you got to sage your whole house. And that's another thing is like sages everywhere. Do not bring that into your house. Really? You're literally, no, you're opening up doors for demonic entities to not only run rampant in your house, but when you're lighting that sage with the doors closed, it's like, you're just letting demons run in circles. What, like what, there's no what, what's for this, them to what's get this, out. What's the sage looked at as in the? Because I mean, when we when we go to the Bible, we know that you know there's there's the idols to demons. You know, they had the Molech, they had the Ashraf, they had all these different uh, idols, or even like these masks. In um, when you go, one of our friends was having demonic stuff happen. Ronnie fights at his house because he used to collect those masks, those voodoo masks from all over the the country, all over the like you know in like. Cuba and the different islands. He had this whole wall of all these different masks. And those were, those were masks of like demons. They were like idols to demons, you know, crystals and 
Hindu gods and all that stuff. It's all idols to demons. So mm-hmm. sage is, is, is used in the practice for witchcraft. What, what is it, how do the people look at it from that practice? How would they identify it? So it's actually really funny because they look at it as when they sage their house, mm-hmm. at least this is how I practice, that I was getting rid of any evil. Got it. But why do they, why do you say that it activates? So because, okay, so think about, it's one of the many new age things like crystals that they make seem like it's very beneficial or that it'll actually like cleanse your home and make it very peaceful. The um, burning of the sages, um, the natural burning of the herb is allowing for a more peaceful, full environment. And, you know, if you think about it, where, where do you ever see sage sold? Except for like where crystals are sold or like new age things are sold. Yeah. Like head shops or, you know, wherever you buy the drugs and stuff. Yeah. And it goes back to intention behind it and that it's always been so attached with a ritual. Mm. So, and on top of that, you know, relying on something over God. Yeah. Yeah. Like idolizing. Yeah. And that could even be like a statue or symbols that you, you know, or like the crystal bowls. Like a lot of people don't even understand where the crystal bowls started. Like drum circles. It's just like. Well, you know what? That goes to um, as we get into this, because there's people that are listening that may have these posters on their wall, these little um, trinkets or, or little you know, things they bought, little crystals or, or rocks or um, these bowls or whatever these, these things are. Even people that might even have like Ouija boards in their house or these angel cards or tarot cards and they bought them at a shop. You know, they were at Spencer's. Hey, we bought some a Ouija board or whatever. Like and it says Parker Brothers on it. What's wrong with it? Dude, no. That thing will open the doorways in your house and you are just allowing the demonic realm. You have to, and we're going to get into this in the second half, but you have to clear this stuff out so you don't allow the enemy to run rampant in your house. So, so how did you, how did you end up finding God through this whole process? And what I want to say too, is when you were talking about going through all these, uh, these routines for the moon, the moon and like saging your house, meditating, going through all these rituals, should I say, the, the thing that came to my mind is the bondage of Satan, just in bondage to all this stuff, these rituals, all this stuff that you have to do because Satan wants to keep you trapped up in strongholds and footholds and in bondage and enslaved and miserable. And that's what you're doing. You're wasting your life away with all these stupid rituals. And he's just laughing. He's like, look how stupid she is. And that's, that's what he He doesn't play either. Like literally I was for years, a cross would disgust me. Christians would disgust me. Really? And it, Oh, so bad. I didn't want to hear from any of them. I didn't want to be around them. Do not talk about the Bible or like it irked me. Like to the point where I'd be like nauseous. Really? And I would get like, so angry like and I'm not an, I've never been angry like yeah. if anything my go-to emotion when I get angry is just to cry like I'm super emotional but it like looking back it was very clear when he had the, that super strong hold on me because I would just like pop off and get so angry about these sweetest Christian people literally not even doing anything wrong like they'd be in a coffee shop with a bible and I I would leave I could not be in that room. And it's like, because Satan doesn't want to just get a hold of you. He wants to literally make you feel like if you don't abide by him and do every step in ritual that he will literally kill you. Like, really? And that's what made it so hard for me to come out. Right. Cause and you're scared. Right. Stay out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to be going to a break here in about 30 seconds. When we come back, I want to definitely hear what the moment was, how you gave your life to Christ, but not only how you gave your life to Christ, but the, the, the process of coming out. Because like you just said, you were scared to leave because Satan, he would come to get you. So now the escape from occultism uh, with Brit prior um, and now even getting out of, uh, you know, eating disorders and drugs and all these different things. So we'll be back in two minutes right after the break to hear how she got set free and living out her life. 
more of The Ryan Reese Show. Coming up, post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Over the past four years, an astounding 51,000 students from seven states, five countries, and 183 schools have responded to the gospel message because of the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour. A 15-year-old living in today's world gathers as much information in one day as a 15-year-old 80 years ago would have gathered in one full year. You realize the youth suicide rate is at an all-time high. Listen, in the next 24 hours in the USA alone, 1,439 teens will attempt suicide. Every 100 minutes, a teen takes their own life. 2,795 teenage girls will become pregnant. And 15,006 teens will use drugs for the first time. The increasing amount of noise bombarding our students daily is destroying their minds and souls at an alarming rate. For this reason, the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour is a necessity. All right, dude, we are at the Kill the Noise Tour. We're in California right now, and it's about to pop off. everyone ready we're gonna pray and then uh basically the event's gonna start and we're gonna see all kinds of kids come to the lord it's gonna be sick many students as we possibly can with the message of the gospel. This is no easy task. We need kingdom builders like you to join us in this battle against the ever-increasing noise that surrounds the lives of these students. Please consider helping us expand this mission by partnering with the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour. Thank you for empowering future generations with us. Right, we are back in studio tonight with Britt Pryor. She's a public speaker, and she has a, she's the owner of a faith-based wellness company and an ad- former New Age and witch and came out of anorexia. So she just has it all, doesn't she? <laughs> but now what God is doing, you know, what's so awesome about your story, about you being involved with all these different things and drugs and alcohol and all this different stuff, um, the culture at large is getting influenced by so much demonic um, programming through movies. You know, Doctor Who is all about uh, astral projecting. The first one, I think the second one was even crazier. That new Disney film, Red, has that in there, showing uh, 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 astral projecting. Um, This may sound crazy to a lot of you guys that are listening, but it's all in the movies. You know, sometimes if, you know, I know a lot of this is on Christian stations, but when you're just going to church and you're not really seen what's happening in the world. This is like a huge thing. And this is why I wanted your testimony on here because there's going to be young kids that are getting influenced, that are getting um, becoming a part of this community of witchcraft and new age. And they don't even know it's witchcraft, you know, new age, good witch or 
whatever it be. They have crystals, they have Ouija boards, tarot cards. They're trying to get into doing what's in the films, um, astral projecting, all these things. This testimony is what is going to talk about it, and it's going to talk, tell them how to get out of it. And that's where I want to get to in the story now is here you are. You're a witch. You've, you've, you've almost died. You had a heart attack because of uh, your eating disorder. You're astral projecting. You're, you're deep. You're deep in the occult. And then you're now in the process of getting clean, and you're going through all these witch worlds. You're in bondage to Satan because he won't let you alone, and he'll come to get you and mess with you. How did you get set free? So I had a friend who um, would come to my yoga classes and she has always been in the health and wellness industry. And I was still having a lot of like missing health gaps in my journey from recovery from anorexia, like still wasn't getting a period, still was really tired, um, super dry skin, stuff like that. Digestion, terrible. So my friend came and helped me to start to grow and learn more about nutrition and all that kind of stuff. So I partnered with her in a um, wellness company and little did I know that when I entered this company and community, like I just wanted to do it as like a little side stream of income and to get healthier myself. Yeah. Well, little did I know that majority of this healthy living community was a lot of Christians. And I'm like, but I'm like, well, you know, like I'm really enjoying the education and I could feel the difference in my body. And within like a couple months, got my period back. Like it was really, really helping me in areas where I thought like I was just forever stuck. I was, you know, working past and growing past. And so a couple years had gone by of this. Um, so we'll just, this, it's literally works exactly like a year of me being saved pretty much. Okay. So yeah. So last year, I had hit this promotion really fast. And then I got this imposter syndrome. So I felt like I had hit this lid and like, I couldn't go any further or do anything more. And then I started to sink into a depression. I've always struggled with anxiety and depression and kind of waves. Mm -hmm. So I sunk into this deep depression and I was just literally complaining to my friend, which at the point she was my business mentor. I was just complaining, complaining, complaining. And she was like, listen, I have to say, God put it on my heart to say the one piece you're missing is God. And I was like, no, she did not. Like, I was so irritated. I was ready to quit the business, all of that. So my wheels were spinning that day. That was a Saturday morning. All day, my wheels were spinning and I just ignored her, pushed it off to the side, whatever. Very overwhelmed. Like, clearly those demons were being stirred up. Yeah. So, and that same night, I had gone out to dinner with friends. And I live alone in my condo here. Still same condo. Um, and it's my safe space. I'm a total homebody. So when I got home, I walked through my front door. And it was, like, so dark. Like, I felt, like, instantly attacked. Like, it was just scary. And it was unlike anything I'd ever felt. It was, like... I don't know how to describe it other than I literally felt like Satan was coming for me. Mm. And this was it. Like, I felt like I had made him mad by like even being around Christians. Yeah. And so when I came home and of course this home was filled with skulls and crystals and tarot cards and thousands of dollars of that stuff. So I came into my living room and I started bawling my eyes out. And that point I wanted to die. I was ready. I was suicidal. I was thinking of ways to do it. And I was ready to go like thousand percent. And I was just bawling my eyes out, like, like, um, not hallucinating, but just very like, um, out of breath. Like I couldn't catch my breath right. and I was just like, I wanted to die. And then out of nowhere, this brush of calm came over and it was unlike, it's going to make me, it makes me cry every time. It was unlike any other calm that I had ever experienced when I was like astral projecting or meditating or trying to heal myself or numb or whatever. And the only way I can describe it is it felt like Jesus just wrapped his arms around me and was holding me. And out of nowhere, I just opened my mouth and I yelled, Jesus, help me. And I was so shocked that I covered my mouth because I couldn't believe that I had just said Jesus. Like I felt like Oh, now I'm really in trouble. And I just, I was like, I don't even know how to pray. Just, I just need help. Just help me. Like, I'm so done. Like, I just want to be gone. And I just remember bawling my eyes out, but I had this comforting 
feeling around me. And I literally fell asleep on my living room hard floor, woke up the next day and that veil didn't just lift. It was freaking flown out the window. Like it was gone. And I ripped through my house and I filled eight trash bags full of stuff. Like I didn't even have time to think. So, and I threw it all out and I went into a closet under these stairs before I even knew what a prayer closet was. Uh huh. Dude, that's amazing. Okay. So as I'm hearing this story, I love the fact that we are seeing how Satan is a creator and he has access to you because you have all the crystals and you've opened yourself up. But because God is the creator, big difference. If I were to create this cell phone versus me, you know, there's a big difference between the creation and the creator. God created everything. He comes in, even though you have all the crystals and all the witchcraft stuff and you're like a witchcraft girl, a witch, he comes in and breaks through all that. Through his grace, wraps his arms around you and and intercedes for you. And then you cry out, Jesus. I love the fact that you shut your mouth. You're like, oh, oh no, I'm in trouble with the devil. But when you woke up, everything, it was, you were free. So then you went and cleaned everything out. And I think about in the book of Acts, um, it says in one of the one of the chapters that they got all the books. It was like thousands of dollars worth of witchcraft books. And they got them all together and they burnt it all. They're like, like they, they found God, Jesus, and then they burned all the witchcraft books. And that's exactly what you did. I don't know if you necessarily burned them or not, but you got them in trash bags and you disposed of them, right? Mm-hmm. Amazing. It's like biblical and you don't even know it's biblical. <laughs> At that time, yeah. <laughs> you're doing like the, 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 the Bible stuff. So yeah. awesome how, and that's the Holy Spirit. How he started working already. Okay. So this is awesome. We have 17 minutes left, by the way. So I want to make sure we get this all in. So you wake up, you clear the house. What happens next? Under the stairs, I started repenting before I even knew what repenting was. Mm. And then that morning, wait, wait. I what was, what? For people that are listening right now that are into witchcraft, what what is repenting? What does that even mean? What would you do? So I just started confessing. I just started saying all the things that I had been doing that were wrong and that I knew were wrong and that God was putting on my heart Mm -hmm. to say, let me admit this and ask for forgiveness. And to just it was like almost like you it's it's the equivalent of feeling like you were living your whole life a lie and you're finally able to tell the truth. Yeah. It's like this relief and just like, it was, it was like word vomit was just Mm -hmm. coming out of all these things that I had been doing and practicing that were wrong. Mm -hmm. And, um, so then I called my business mentor and I said, I think I found Jesus. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, what they say, when I prayed, when I prayed, I had asked to be led to a church that would protect me and help guide me and not judge me. Um, that could handle my dark past. Cause that's another thing I was scared about. I'm like, these people are going to hate me. Yeah. So of course <laughs> she invites me to her church coastline and coastlines, the one church that I used to sit in the parking lot on Halloween and cast spells on this church in ill will. And I'm like, Oh, no way. <laughs> that is phenomenal. That is phenomenal. I love it. God has a sense I- of humor. I, I like, I didn't even tell them that at first either. Cause I'm like, I don't want them to tell me to leave. Like, Oh my gosh. So I went to church that Sunday and that Sunday, Jason in the sermon at the end asked if anybody felt like they needed to identify Jesus as their savior, please raise your hand. And I didn't, but I wanted to. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to say this one more time because I feel like there's somebody in the room that's not raising their hand and wants to, if that's you, raise your hand. I raise my hand. I open my eyes. He's already staring at me. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, I knew it. And I'm like, how did these people do this? Like, Dude. I thought these people couldn't read minds. Like what's going on here? Yeah. yeah. So then the following, and I was in the very balcony, like in the back. Oh, really? Like, Up there in the top. Uh, that's a big church too that's like way up there it's huge right and he was like (laughs) so awesome And so that following wednesday there was a coastline connect and i almost didn't go to it because i was like freaked out and actually that day was the day that i had put on social media so backtrack i had built a whole instagram about anorexia recovery and new age stuff new age practices heal yourself blah 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 
And so I had to literally say, hey, guys, um, just an FYI, like everything I've been practicing was wrong. And I found God and this is the real truth. And I'm sure you can imagine like people were not happy with me. I got bashed. I got threats online, in person. I mean, people yelling at me across the street, effing Bible lover, like just terrible things, threats. Like it was just it. It was very scary. And then yeah. I was having nightmares, mm-hmm. nightmares, and I would wake up drenched in sweat. I had a nightmare one time that this goddess girl was doing a Reiki treatment on me, and she was pressing so hard into my forehead that I couldn't move, and I woke up with a bruise on my forehead. Mm-hmm. And just you were having like, the demonic stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I just was like, it was coming at me left and right. And again, I didn't really know what spiritual warfare was till I was explaining it to a friend that I had made at the church. And she was like, this is definitely spiritual warfare. And, um, so then, you know, I literally started just like sleeping with my Bible. I would yell in the name of Jesus Christ, anything evil, get out of my house. You don't belong here. Like really armoring up. And then when you guys came and visited, I was like, there are people like me mm-hmm. <laughs> that come from a dark past. Mm-hmm. So then I got even more comfortable and you guys were really the pivotal moment that made me dive into the gospel. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I realized in that moment, like in general, the best self help books, mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, John, Luke. Yeah, exactly. So I have a question for you. So how did we, what, what was said or done or how, what influenced you or inspired you to go into the gospels or just to go into the word? Um, the non-judgment, mm-hmm. the acceptance and like the fact that you guys and my community at Coastline were not scared of my past yeah. or what I was going through. They weren't scared of the spiritual warfare, even though I was scared of it. Yeah. And I just saw all these people that, you know, were really well-versed in the word and stay in the word, yeah, stay in the relationship with God. And I'm like, that's where I want to, like, that's the way I want to go. And then in January, the church did a 21 day fast. Mm -hmm. And of course there's different varieties of fasts. And um, of course with anorexia, like probably not the best idea for me to do like a full blown food fast. Yeah, totally. So, um, Again, so grateful for the people I have at church. Um, Pastor Jason's wife, Reno, is actually like, you know, you can make it to where maybe for 21 days you um, spend time with Jesus every day, intimately in a private place. And I'm like, okay, like I could do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's when it really started to establish that intimate, like daily secret place time with yeah. the Lord. Yeah. And like yeah. shut the door, go in, you know, go into that place and be with the Lord. So when I started to implement that, I went past the 21 days and long story short, I still do it every morning, but that's amazing. It has, it's like my solid start to every single day. And I would never not because what happens is in the beginning, and this is what they told me in the beginning, when you go to that secret place, it, it's going to be a discipline. There are going to be days where you feel like you're dragging yourself there, but at some point when you least expect it, and this is what happened with me it flipped into a desire and a delight. Yeah. And it's literally like there are days where the first time it happened, I was so excited to get to the secret place that when my coffee was like dripping and I was waiting for it to be ready, I was jumping up and down because I couldn't <laughs> wait to go to the secret place. And I'm like, that's the childlike faith. Yeah. Like that's what we want. And so, you know, just being able to embody that and embrace that and then have, like, you know, the people around me watch that. And then just as an effect of me being true to me and standing in God's word, people follow, people become curious or they yep. want to come back to the word. And yep. Um, yep. I actually about two, a little over two months ago, I lost one of my best friends to overdose. Sorry about that. And, thank you. And um, it's of course been very hard. Um, but I am so grateful that I was able to stand up at her funeral service when I was speaking and tell her family that just a few months before that, she asked me if she could come to church, came to church, got saved. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's a perfect example of like 
why it is so important to stay in the word and abide by God, because he has so many important things he wants to do through us. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that works, this is just for the listeners, is the first thing that I thought about when you were saying this is that God makes all the old things pass away and makes all things new. He gave you a new heart, a new desire. And it's funny because when you – um, like I you know, I remember having to like listen to a Bible study before. You're like, oh my gosh, how long are we here? 45 minutes for a Bible study, an hour plus worship? Oh my gosh, this music's lame, right? But then – all of a sudden, God gets a hold of you, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I want to listen to this. Because I was listening to some worship this morning because I'm just like, man, the worship with the good music, with the good lyrics, the spiritual doctrinal Bible lyrics, they just they just, they just fill you up, you know. And then I'm excited to go from story to story through the Bible, and you know, and you start growing, and you, get your, you, you want more and more, and you want good Bible teachers because you could go deeper. It's like first it's like you eating a salad. You know, you might have like just some topical studies or whatever, but then when you start listening to Bible teachers that actually go verse by verse through chapter to chapter, next thing you know, it's like you're eating steak and potatoes, you know, and you're just like, it, it, and, you know, and then sometimes you want to flip over and, you know, you want to just eat a salad some days. You know, sometimes I got this, some Bible studies where I'm like, you know what, I'm, right now I'm not ready for the steak and potatoes right now. I'm just kind of want a salad, so I'm going to just do a devotion over here. And that's what's so awesome is you're, you, you change, but then as you're plugged in to the power from heaven through the word of God, through teachings and music and all that stuff, worship, what happens is... God, you're ready for God to use, like it talks about in Second Timothy. You become that vessel for honorable use, that gold vessel that God will use you for every special occasion. And that special occasion, as it talks about in Second Timothy, is you had an opportunity because you are a clean vessel. You're walking with God. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're a woman of the Word of God. Then you got, even though it was a bad situation, you got to go and you got to share at the at the funeral because you were God's special vessel, ready for every special occasion and that's what's so awesome is being used by God and you know I know that you know you've been walking with God for just over a little bit a year and there's so much more there's this pastor that that recently died from our our church here his name was Jesse Barella he uh at the funeral he um he gave this uh they, they they quoted him and his one of his quotes was God will only take you as far as you will let him God will only take you as far as you will let him. So some people can just give their life to Christ and go to church once, once every Sunday and read their Bible maybe once a month or whatever it be. But, I mean, it's, it's a relationship is what it comes down to. You know, I don't think anyone's going to be saved by just you know, not really communicating with God or having a relationship. It's called a relationship, not religion. But there's so much more where you're at now. What you're doing, God's put a call to speak on your life. God's give you that hunger and desire to read the word of God, to pray that secret place. You know, I mean, people don't do that. You wouldn't even believe it. Like you're that, that, that place under your stairs. I think that's right behind you possibly. Um, yeah, that right there, that's the engine. That's where the power comes from. We're, when you're in there praying, you are connecting to God. You're hearing his voice. He's speaking right here. That's, that's where it all starts with the reading and the prayer. And then when you leave that power engine, it's like a cell phone. It's like an iPhone. You're charging up in there. You leave charged up. How many people leave their house uncharged? And then they don't wonder why they're having problems with their phone because it doesn't work. You're not working in the call that God has called you because you're not charged up. So keep doing that. And now, so you gave your life to Christ, you're praying, you're reading, and now you're, uh, you're involved with wellness, right? You do, uh, you're, you're around a lot of different Christians, you're plugged into church. What is God calling on your life now? Like, what do you feel? Well, actually, no, I don't want to ask you that. I want you to, what would you like to say to people that are listening now that are involved with witchcraft or the occult or new age or any of that stuff. I mean, we have, we have a couple of minutes left. Was there anything that you would like to say to encourage them if they're involved with it right now? Um, I would say <clears throat> be really real with yourself and, you know, step back and evaluate what are the things you're doing in your life and do you feel like they reflect God and God's love? And do you feel as though you're seeing yourself as your own God or your own idol? And is it because of you feel like you have to save yourself or that you only have yourself or you have to heal yourself? 
And I just want to encourage you that, you know, I thought I could heal myself and we can try to heal ourselves all we want, but ultimately we only have one healer and it is not you. It is not me. It is God. And we are literally only here because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And so I think it's really important sometimes to step back and realize where do you want to be after this life? Because this life is only right now and it's such a tiny portion. And I know like for me, I want to see you in eternal life. I don't want to wonder where you are lost with Satan. And, you know, I think it's so important to just pray and ask like, can you at least let me see the reality of things, you know, cause God will show you, God will show you every commercial, every song that is rooted in evil. He will show you the things in your life, the people in your life that are manipulating you through um, Satan. And so, and do not ever think you are too far gone. You are too lost. You're too dark. You've done too many bad things you're not the exception. Just like we always think we're the exception to everything. Like we could never have a heart attack because we're healthy or we're young, whatever. You're not the exception to that. You're also not the exception to being saved and having eternal life in Jesus Christ. And I can tell you right now, when I got saved, I had so many Christians tell me we've been praying for you for years and we never thought we would see this in a lifetime. So if there was hope for me, there's a thousand percent hope for you. And for every person that steers you away from God, there's 10 more that are prayer warriors that will rally around you, not just now, but forever. Um, So I would say, you know, the true act of love and loving yourself and self-love and self-healing is through Jesus. That is amazing. That is very, very well said. And the way you Oh, I do want to say one more thing. Oh, go ahead. For believers, um, Picking up your cross and walking daily is a daily choice. So just like anorexia recovery will always be a daily choice for me. Mm -hmm. um, Picking up your cross and following Jesus is a daily choice as well. And I think when we start and we stay rooted in Christ in our secret place, and we know we have that safe space with him, it helps us to pick up that cross easier. Or even when it feels really heavy, we know that he's helping carry it. In Luke... Jesus himself says, if you want to be my disciple, you got to pick up your cross. And it says in Luke daily, pick up your cross daily and follow me. What does a man profit if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Is there anything worth more than his soul? That's the question to you listeners today. Is there anything worth more than your soul? We were created for eternity to live forever and eternity is uh, you have two options. We have heaven and we have hell. But this is why Jesus sent the son, G- God sent the son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for the sins of the world. That whosoever from bums to presidents to witches that would believe by faith that he died and raised from the dead would live. And he would implant the Holy Spirit in their life and he would transform their innermost and that he would use their lives here on planet Earth. And that's exactly what you've heard on the show today. Britt, Mayor, thank you very much for being on the show. I love you. Uh, this was an awesome, incredible interview. And I will have, uh, we're, I'm going to see you uh, hopefully in a couple months out in, in Florida. Um, if you guys want to uh, go ahead and go to our to YouTube, go to the whosoevers.com and Ryan Reese official, and you could get the past radio shows from the last six years, all kinds of awesome incredible stories and get this story and share it with friends and family. Peace. This has been the Ryan Reese show to connect and find out more about Ryan. Click on Ryan-Reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. 
Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.